Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Just talk about where we're at. So we have uh, been um, talking through the, the 40 days that Jesus was walking on the earth after his resurrection, that those moments that he was with uh, his people, that he showed up, he came to, to talk with them, to teach them, to guide them and give them, uh, you know, I think I said it was almost like, you know, 40 days of, of let's go to school and I'm going to show you and teach you uh, what I've, I've taught you all along as I've been with you, but I'm going to do it now in this moment of like, this is the crash course because I'm going to go and ascend back to my Father to rule and to reign with Him and then I'm going to send the Spirit to be with you. The Holy Spirit is going to come. And in Acts 1.5 it says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. See, he, he gave them this promise. And he said, wait, wait for it. Wait for this promise, and I promise you, and he doesn't go back on promises. He doesn't say something that's not true, and he doesn't say something that is, it's going to happen, and it doesn't happen. And he says, wait for this promise, and you shall be baptized not many days from now. So you have these, now after he's ascended into heaven, these days that, that they have on their own in the waiting. And I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting. No, you guys love waiting, it seems like. I, you know, does anybody really like waiting? Like, I just sit here and just love this time that I'm just waiting for this thing to happen that's been promised. But you know, one thing that I've learned is there's so much good that happens in the waiting. I've learned that with my kids. And I mean, I learned that as a kid also. That like immediate gratification isn't really ever good for us as human beings. Because then we come to expect things to just happen when we want it to happen. And how we want it to happen. And I believe in this moment, you know, also there was, there was some, some things that, and purpose behind when the Spirit was going to come. And I'm going to talk about that. But, but I believe that also that there was just this moment of waiting for them to just understand that we need, that for us to understand that we need to wait for the Holy Spirit. That we need to wait for the power of God and Him when He is moving and not just run off and start doing stuff on our own. So you come to the moment after the ascension, the seventh day after the ascension, the, the disciples are gathered together in Jerusalem and 
and you have this moment where this, this moment coincides with the Feast of, of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost, we get that, or when we think about that, we think about this moment here in Acts 2. But there's a feast that everybody comes. And, and, and this is another amazing thing that I love. Everybody comes to Jerusalem. Husbands, wives, sons, daughters, servants, whoever is there with you. It's one of those moments in the Bible where it says anybody that you can find, anybody that's around, whoever is, is there in your household, anybody come to this moment. And I love seeing that because this, this moment isn't reserved for just a certain type of people or, or, a, or a certain you know, ethnicity or, or a certain demographic or just men or just women or just children. You know, it's everybody is there in this moment. And you have that same thing with those that are gathered there with the disciples waiting for what Jesus promised. The same thing, men, women, children, everybody is there. And I love that. We can't disqualify ourselves in any way for what God wants to, to give to us. And many times we do. I know many times I, I, in different ways, have said, well, I don't know, God. You sure me? And I know I've said that before, but there's something that we all deal with so many times. And I'm going to look at you today and say, I don't, I don't care what excuse you can make or I could make. There is nothing that disqualifies me or you, any of us from what God wants to do in our lives and the release of the Holy Spirit to us. So they're gathered here at Pentecost. And Pentecost is on the, the 50th day after Passover. This, this word Pentecost means fifth, the 50th day. And so they're all gathered together, not just the disciples and those that are gathered with them, but everybody else, like everybody, their brother, their mother, their sisters, everybody's coming to Jerusalem. So they're all there on this 50th day. And listen, whenever I, you look up this word, oh, Pentecost, the 50th day, but it also says the second of three Jewish feasts celebrated at Jerusalem yearly the seventh week after the Passover, and here it is, in grateful recognition of the completed harvest. So you have the Spirit being released in this moment. I love that, that, it, that it coincides with this feast or this coming to celebrate or or to, to worship God and to be grateful in recognition of the harvest because the Spirit coming is what is going to bring the harvest that is needed in the world. Hmm. The harvest is going to be accomplished by what happens at Pentecost. 
So Luke tells us that the disciples are gathered there, and suddenly there came this sound of a mighty rushing wind. In Acts 2, verse 2, it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a having trouble getting it out as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues and as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were able and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so they were filled with the holy spirit Now, here's this thing that I think needs to be said. I mean, some of us may, may know this, some of us may not, but the Holy Spirit is, is with us when we come to the place of accepting Christ in our life, accepting God as our Lord and our Savior. The Holy Spirit is with us. He's there. But in this moment, there was a filling of the Holy Spirit, a saying, you are everything and I need you from the tip of my toes to the tip of my head. And that's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, he is with you, but is he everything to you? Is he filling every fiber of your being? Are you allowing him to move like he needs to move in your life. Is that power and that presence evident in your life like it needs to be? And this is the moment. This is the moment everything was, was leading up to. The whole of the Bible. I, 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 love, I love this picture. It is this moment and studying more about this than I ever have before, these 50 days, it's, it's like the cross, the resurrection, and Pentecost are what it's all about. It's what ev everything is about. On the cross, Christ did this work for us that we could come to a place that we would never get to on our own. There was this purchase for us. He says, they're mine. I give my life for my people. And at Pentecost is this release of the bounty of heaven for everything that Christ purchased on the cross. That in that moment when the Spirit came, He says, I, I need to go to rule and to reign. I need to sit at the right hand of the Father. I need to be there with Him because that is my rightful place. But wait just a little while. Just wait a little while and I'll send you a helper. I'll send the Spirit. 
And he'll come and be everything that you need and everything that I have, I give to you. That you can walk in all these things that I've walked in. In Matthew 3.16, it says, when he had been baptized. Now this is Jesus, this moment that Jesus was baptized. And it says that Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So this moment that, that Jesus is baptized with water, and he comes up out of the water, and all of a sudden the heavens are opened up, and then all this, you see, like a dove, the Spirit come down and resting on him that he received the Spirit. Now, the, the amazing thing to me is that you don't see Jesus. Now, I mean, he did some amazing things. Speaking Scripture as a young man, as a young boy that, that cut to the heart, that, you know, that going and, you know, running away from his parents and and speaking in the temple and preaching at the preachers and, you know, doing these things. There's so many different things that he did, but that he didn't actually perform a miracle until after the Spirit descended on him. Now, he could have done it, right? Because he is God and man in that moment that he came to live on this earth. Now, he could have said, I'm God, I'm going to do it. But he reserved himself and, and controlled himself to say to us that I want to live and be and act like I want you to act. And I want you to watch me and be able to, to follow me. And if I'm just doing whatever I want as God, you're not going to be able to follow me in that. But when the Spirit came down, to him, all of a sudden there's this release of miracles. And what that speaks to us is that, look, and this is what we're talking about today. He tempered himself as man and walked on this earth, even though he was fully God, and reserved himself to not do the God things till the Spirit descended on Him. So that we could understand and know that those same things that He did when He walked the earth and the Holy Spirit on Him, that we could do when the Spirit is on us. That's how I see it. He could have done it. But he chose not to so that we could follow him. Because we have a purpose and a calling. And we need Holy Spirit in order to accomplish it. In Acts 1, starting in verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Here's that wait for the promise. 
Wait for it. Might not be easy. But don't move without the power of my spirit with you. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. To be baptized means to be immersed, to, to go under fully covered up. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I get like this too. It's like God's speaking something great to me, and, and I'm like, so God, are we going to just go out there and just make a mess of everything? You know, that's kind of how it sounds to him, I feel like. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to, him, said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And in this, you know, I think about, You know, many times we're like, God, we need to accomplish this. We need to do this. Or here's, here's what I think that you want us to do. And he's like, can you just receive the Spirit? Because that is where the power is. It's not for you to know what's to happen or when it's going to happen. Or for you to know how I'm going to accomplish what I'm going to accomplish. But what's for you is to wait for the power that I want to give you. And that power, that spirit that I'm going to release to you is for a purpose. And it's here in verse 8 it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witness." Witnesses to me, to be a witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I love in this moment, he's like, the Spirit is going to come. And in him is, is everything that I have and the power. In my presence, there is power. And then it's going to help you to be a witness. And he says, in Jerusalem, and he goes, it's like, it's going to help you to be a witness in Fenton, in St. Louis, in Missouri, and in the rest of the world. That's what he says. He doesn't stop at, at Fenton. He doesn't stop at St. Louis, or Missouri, or the U.S., he says, I'm, I'm going to take this thing, and it's going to go across the world, and I want to use you to be a part of that. Yes. And what he's speaking is, is now these, you have these believers, the ones that put their faith in Christ, but 
There's going to be a change where you're going to be able to be a witness instead of just a believer. I'm not just going to be somebody that believes. I'm going to be somebody that has experienced and knows and, and can give full account of who God is and what He is able to do and how He can move and the power that is in Him and the power that can work through us because I have, have been a part of that. I have experienced it. I've been a witness. I'm going to be a witness See, I love also, you know I love words. This word witness is martus. And this word martus is, is the word that martyr comes from. You can't be a martyr unless you're a witness. You can't die for something that you've never talked about. You have to be a witness. You know, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. It's like, I think, it's like, people's like, I'm being attacked. You know, the enemy's attacking me. And, I, you know, sometimes you're like, you? Why would he attack you? Again, sorry, not sorry. I, I say that to myself sometimes, too, you know, because I, I feel that sometimes. I spoke last week, so, you know, about, like, man, it's been a rough week. And sometimes you get in this place of, of like, oh, man, the enemy's attacking me. I'm like, well, shoot, I don't know why he would this week, because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have I really been a witness? Have I really shared and 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 told people and done something that God wants me to do? Or am I just complaining that I had a hard day? Because I do that. And blame it on the devil. You know, you're like, don't blame your mess on the devil sometimes. It's just your mess. A witness is to provide evidence, proof, legally, you know? Like I could stand up there and put my hand on the Bible and say, I know, I was a part, I, I experienced, I've been in his presence. He's moved through me. He's moved in me. He's changed me. You know, like, <sighs> I can tell you the truth because I, I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've felt it. I can be a witness. See, you know, you don't have anything to say if you, if you haven't experienced it. You know, I love, it's, just take it real, I, I, there's so many things in the natural that you could, you could say, I, I would say the Grand Canyon, you can talk about what the Grand Canyon is, how deep it is, how wide it is, what it looks like, 
But you can't truly talk about it unless you've stood on the edge. Like you don't have that. Anybody been there before? You know, and it's like, oh yeah, I saw a picture, but you know, this is something totally different. I, I've read the Bible. I've, I've read the Bible, but, but this is something totally different to experience it. This is something totally different to, for the, the Spirit of God to, to well up in me, to be filled with the Spirit, and to move with the Spirit, and to receive. This is something totally different than just saying, oh yeah, I read that part. Where Jesus talked about the Spirit and what it's supposed to be like. No, I've felt it. I know it. <laughs> and this is a continual feeling in this. To, to be filled, to be being filled, to continually be filled up. And I hate to say it, but, but we're all a bunch of leaky people. You know? Like, it just leaks out. You can't say, oh, yes, I had this moment with God and the Spirit came and God moved in my life 10 years ago or 15 or 1. You know, I was filling up this, uh, this air, air mat thing yesterday. Uh, it's like a pool air mat thing. And, and I got this pump, you know, because I'm not going to sit there and blow on that thing for 45 minutes. You know, and you pump this thing up and you put the, the pump in there and it's like, you know, and it fills up and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, like five minutes later, it's like, you know, it is like, Pastor Tori's like, Tori's like, I think it's got a leak. <laughs> or no, actually, you, you know what? She said, I don't think you filled up that, that up all the way. It was my fault. <laughs> well, anyway, so all of a sudden, this thing's getting flat, you know? And so I'm like, do we have a patch? I don't know. I go in. I actually find something to patch it up. And I patch that sucker up, you know, get it real patched up, and blow that thing up again. Wouldn't you know it? You know, it's just leaking back out. I'm like, what? how many holes this thing got? Flip the thing over, and there's another hole, and I put another patch on. I think it's holding now. But it's not, apparently. But the point is, is that's exactly how we are. Like, that air mattress might have to continually be pumped up, but I know that we need to continually be being filled with the Spirit. Like That we have to come to this place where we say, fill me. Fill me. I can't live on yesterday's fill, you know? It doesn't last for today. It's not going to get me through from last week, you know, from last 
Sunday. This isn't a Sunday to Sunday thing, you know? Each day, every single day, saying, fill me. Let your spirit just invade me and come and move in me that I could be filled like I was yesterday, that I could move like I did yesterday, not with yesterday's stuff, but with today's. God, my coming before you today and being filled with your spirit, that I could move in that. I don't want anything stale, you know? Even the best bread gets stale. I don't want to eat yesterday's bread. I don't want to move in yesterday's what God gave. Be living on what He used to do or did before. But what He's doing now. In Ephesians 5, 15, it says, See then hmm, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but is wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. <laughs> Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, but continually be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Be filled continually. This word, it means... Of course, to, to make full, to be filled up. But it also says to cause to abound, to flourish, or to supply liberally. Right? That means that I abound or I am liberally supplied. And that being filled is, is cause, will cause us to abound. It's not, you know, when you fill up a bucket, it gets heavy. And it weighs you down. But when you get filled with the Spirit, it makes you jump over buildings. You know? It, it doesn't weigh you down. It lifts you up. It gives you. It doesn't make you heavy and tired. It lifts you up and awakens your spirit, which awakens your body, which causes you to move like you're supposed to move, you know? Like, I want to I get up and jump. <laughs> Being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a life. It's a, it's a way to live. It's a lifestyle. It should be an everyday occurrence. Hmm. 
And in this moment of Pentecost, you have the Spirit of God come and they start speaking in, in heavenly language and tongues and all of a sudden there's people, all kinds of people around, like we talked about, right? Everybody's coming to Jerusalem for this feast and, and they start hearing them. But when they're hearing them, they're hearing them in their own language because people were coming from all over the world to this one place. And so they're there and filled with the Spirit and speaking in this heavenly language is and, and people are saying, I, I'm hearing them speak to me in, in my language, in my tongue. And this person's like, no, they're speaking in my language. And they're like, we don't know, we don't, can't understand this. We, what's going on? And then people start to make fun and laugh and, oh, they're drunk. But I love in this moment, because Peter rises up. Peter, man, this guy. Wow. You remember, you guys remember all those stories about Peter? I mean, he's a wild guy. He's going to go out there wildly and just whatever. Kill, cut off ears. Let's do this, Jesus. Let's go. I got a sword. We can take him on, you know? Like, and then he's like, you know, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. No way I would do that. And then he does. And then Jesus restores him so graciously, restores him. And all I just, I don't know, and I think about, when I think about this story, I think he wasn't perfect. Again, those excuses that we can give ourselves for why God doesn't want to use, I don't know if I could stand up there and preach or, or speak to this person or have the boldness to come. You know, because this in my life, my past or whatever. But what I see is that that means nothing. I mean, Peter, he denied him. He's like, no, little girl, I don't know him. No. Oh, you're his... No. Mm -mm. But Jesus comes back to him and says, Peter... Do you love me? Do you, do you love him? He says, then feed my sheep. Then be a witness. Be a witness of who I am, of what I've done here. And then you have Peter now. You see, it acts that he's, these people are like going crazy and like, oh, they're drunk. They're going crazy. These crazy Jesus followers, what are they doing? And he stands up and he's like, they're not drunk. But this is what is spoken about by the prophet Joel. This, what you're seeing today is what this is about. This, what you're seeing is not crazy. It's God. And it's him moving. And when he moves, there are signs. And there are wonders. There will be speaking in tongues. Which is a... God knows that we don't know how to say everything. You know, I'm always amazed that even in the English language... 
we don't do a good job of translating the words that were actually spoken back in that ancient, ancient time. And that just makes me think that the, the words that I speak, I can't adequately even articulate the things sometimes that my heart is feeling and that my heart is burning for or troubled with or whatever. And I can't adequately articulate that. And he says, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want to give you this gift of this holy language because it's going to help those things come out and help you to speak that to God. Even if you don't know what you're saying, it's going to come out and you're going to speak something. You may not know it, but God is going to hear it and He's going to receive it. In Luke 14, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and, to recover, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There's going to be healing and deliverance. This is, what, this is what happens, right? He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. See, this isn't just for one person or just the special people. Because really, who are special people? You know? Because they did this or that or whatever. It, you could be special for so many different reasons, you know, in the natural world, but that's nothing. It's not just for a certain person, but it is for all He poured out His flesh for all. And He poured out His Spirit for all. That we could all move in this same way. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want to save it. I want to claim this and proclaim it. I want you to do the same. And I don't, maybe you could tell, but really I feel like one of the main things that just burns in me is, is this kind of thing right here, that each and every person that is a part of this church, that knows God, that's anywhere, when you come to know Christ, to know that you can be filled with the Spirit and that you can say this ju with as, just as much clarity and power and confidence, as is spoken right here, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me. This is, this is you speaking this now. Come on. This is it. This is what I'm saying. This is what we're talking about today. 
that we, every single one of us, when we come to know Christ and, and become a part of His family and His Spirit is with us and we, be, we are filled with His Spirit, that we can say this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to be a witness. That He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There's brokenness in this world and it needs to be healed. Who's going to do it? We, you are. Yes, yes. To proclaim liberty to the captives. There's people that are bound up and captive by all kinds of mess, sin, shame, drugs, pornography, all these things people are captive to and they need to be released they need that release that only God can give. And they need somebody that is filled with the Spirit to come and be a witness and preach to them and say, I have been there. I have done that. And I want to help you. I can tell you that there is freedom. And recovery of sight to the blind. People need healing. So much. Mentally, physically. So, many, so much healing needs to happen. And we are called to bring healing to those that are sick. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim and just to end it up to proclaim, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to be a witness of who He is. Will you stand with me? Will the team come up? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.